888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview on episode 363, I'm going to be talking with Marcus Cousy from OurPeacefulFamily.com, who is a dedicated husband, passionate father, marriage mentor, and co-author of Questions for Couples. Together with his amazing wife, they help newlyweds adjust to married life and inspire married couples to become better husbands and wives. In addition, he hosts the First Year Marriage Show podcast. He is a member of my blogger coaching club, and I've been impressed with how he and his wife have been able to grow their blogging business using the process of publishing and selling books. When I look at his Amazon author page, I see 10 books, and it's a process that fascinated me. So I want to bring him here to talk about how to write books to grow your audience. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Marcus, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, thank you for bringing me on the podcast again. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I'm excited because so the last time you were on here, um, I think that was like episode uh, 330 or something along those lines. And and at that time, uh, you were trying to, you know, grow the business and all that kind of stuff. And we spoke about how to grow your blog while working full time with toddlers, Yes. Now, a lot has changed. Uh, I'm assuming you, you, you don't have toddlers anymore. Do you have toddlers in the house? Um, technically, yeah. My youngest is five. Your youngest is so, five. Yeah. Okay, yes. so you're still so, with young kids, but yeah. there's something that's different in that I don't think you're working that job anymore, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not working anymore. I resigned last year in May, I think the end of May, and it's been a really great ride. I'm really happy that. I can be home with my wife and my kids, and we get to do a, a whole lot more stuff now. Oh, man, I, I want to talk about that. But really quick, br uh, briefly tell us what your blog is about in case someone has no idea from the introduction that I just read so enthusiastically and they didn't hear the last interview. What is your blog about? Okay, so our blog is about helping married couples, especially in other words, to build a strong foundation for their marriage. And what we do is pretty much just sharing what we are learning as a married couple, the challenges, um, the wins, the losses here, and how we are just trying to make everything work with our marriage so we can set a good example for our kids. So it's pretty much just to help other couples build a strong foundation for their marriage. And and it sounds like you focus a lot on like that first year. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And, and why that first year? I mean, I've been married for uh, going on 14 years now. Is, is, your stuff, <laughs> is your stuff still relevant to me or I got to go way back in order to get value from it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so our blog is written from the perspective of a married couple. So any married couple can learn from it. If you have any issues with your marriage, um, they, we have different topics that we address and you can gather knowledge from um, the posts that we have on our website. What the reason why we chose to focus on newlyweds was because when we started the blog, 
we were newlyweds. We were newly married. Wow. Um, we didn't think people were going to view our opinions or things that we were sharing were going to be relevant to other married couples. Or they'll see us as, you just got married, wait till you've been married for 10 <laughs> years, 20 years, and then come talk to me about what you've learned. So that was the main reason why we decided to focus on the newlyweds. Plus, we when we started blogging, that was in 2013, there weren't a lot of uh, marriage resources for newlyweds specifically. And so that also helped us be like, okay, let's just channel our energy towards helping newlyweds with all the articles we're going to write. And we did that. And over the years, we've added a lot of couple. Over the years, we've added a lot of articles that are geared towards married couples of any age or any account time okay. period. Okay, so you started when you are newlyweds, so you're targeting newlyweds, and it kind of grows with you as you grow. Um, and I'm assuming more as you have more experiences, you can leverage those experiences for the content on your blog and all that good stuff. So, um, and, and uh, by the way, if you want to go check out the previous interviews that I did with him, uh, I'm going to link to that in the show notes of this episode. So go to becomeablogger.com slash 363. Anything we mention will be linked to in those show notes. Okay, so you made the decision after the podcast episode that I posted. You're like, no, you know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'm gonna leave the blog. I mean, leave my job and do <laughs> this full time. This episode has gotten to me, or something of that sort. Um, <laughs> just kidding there. But what made you make that? Why did you make that decision to leave your job and go full time with your online business? It was the the, mo- the main driving factor was that uh, even though I had a good paying job and we are financially stable, I wasn't home to help my wife with um, raising our kids. And so she felt really tired of, after a period of just being a stay-at-home mom with the kids and me not really taking a huge role and she needed my help. So I thought about that really well. And then with the coaching call that we had together, um, you also gave me a lot of guidance as to if you're doing these, 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 these things, then you could potentially just resign and build this blog by devoting more time to it. And those are the main things that helped me to make the decision. That's... On top of that also, you're going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Okay. On top of that also, I personally wanted to someday have a, be self-employed, to be able to work from home, do my own thing and not be on somebody's schedule or be able to have to wake up and then go to work. So that was also a big thing. And I realized that making the, the change from having a full-time job to being full-time self-employed will also give us the opportunity to impact more couples and more marriages. So I identify with so much of what you, you're saying because I was in a similar situation, working full-time, teaching at a university. And I felt, and I always say this, I felt like my wife was a single mom. Um, yeah. And that just, for me, it, it just didn't feel right. How, how, was, how was that experience for you? Because I understand she felt like, you know, you weren't around and so on. But what, what does it feel like for you going through that? I felt um, bad, but like not in really like super bad. I knew we, didn't, we needed to do this uh, for a time period to be able to achieve our goals. But the, the burden that she was going through, like I could see, like with like, um, she also has an autoimmune disease, so I could see how that was impacting her. Like she was always tired, tired. Um, when I come home, the kids like would want to be with me, and sometimes they also want to be with her whilst I'm home. And all of that was like I'm missing out on being able to parent the way I would have wanted to parent 
them with them growing up. Um, and I just felt like, you know, it's good I have a good paying job, but the most important thing is being able to be there for my wife and kids. And that was like a big moment for me when I realized, okay, we've been doing this blogging thing and it's pretty much making a decent income that we can live off of. So if I was to put in all my effort into it, then it's likely for me to be able to replace my day job income and do more with it. So thinking about all of that, I was like, okay, it's difficult for me because it's a good paying job, it's stable, I, I have flexible hours, I could get sick days when I wanted to. And so I was like, I'm letting go of this thing that a lot of people would really want to grab hold of to and be there for like a long time to pursue something else. But just when the two, I was like, the family is really more important for me than the job. So I decided to just resign after you gave me the guidance. Because one of the things that you gave me with a through coaching was that um, instead of just planning to resign, I should plan to do something within the next three to six months when I resign and what those what those things would be like. And I should focus on two or three things that will pretty much help us to grow our blog and increase our revenue. So that was what I did. So all of that coming together helped me make a really sound decision. So uh, you, you, you're an interesting guy to me. Here's why you're an interesting guy to me. Because you come on these coaching calls and you ask specific questions, right? And the yeah. specific questions are very pointed and it's very short. How, <laughs> what should I do with this? <laughs> and then I give you an answer and then your response is almost always the same. Okay. And then you go <laughs> and then you do it. Like it yeah. seems as if you, you make a decision and then you just go and do it. It's like, it, it's almost as if there's no, I know it's not this way, but it's almost as if there's no processing. There's no, no, no big, like feeling or anything of that sort, the way it sounds like, okay, this is what you say to do. I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to come back next time. And I'm going to ask my next question. And then I'm going to go do and go and do that. I'm wondering, like, um, was it a difficult decision for you? Like, were you afraid? Did you go through like heart palpitations or was it just me? How was that like transition or that decision making process for you? It was difficult. I, w I wasn't afraid, but it was difficult in the sense that what I had at my job was very stable, like stable mm -hmm. income and flexibility at my job. So letting that go was difficult. And the other thing was thinking about health insurance because I worked for yeah. the state. I had really great health benefits and losing all of that was a big thing for me. Um, but, you know, I talked with you and then I thought through everything again. And then I talked with my wife and then together we came with a decision and she was like, okay, if you were to resign and let's say within two months, three months, you need to go get a job. These are the things that we can do. She was supportive of if I had to go back to the workforce, she was supportive of it. If we had to start something else, she was supportive of it. And by then I had a lot of skill sets that when I thought through it, I was like, okay, I could help people with their podcasts. Um, I could help people with their blogs, like if the need came to, and I could also do freelance writing. So taking all of those things into consideration helped me to put away my emotional feelings and just think through everything logically so that I could make a better decision. Nice. I love it. And, and so once the decision was made, was it just then a, all right, let's go do this. Or like, like how was that for you? The decision is already made. Now it's what just all action and see what happens. Yes. It was pretty much. We were, um, we buckled down and we just focused on, 
putting out content and a lot of products for our audience. And we also branched into doing our merch by Amazon, like increasing the number of t-shirts that we had for sale. So that also helped us with our income. So we pretty much just focused on our blog, creating products for it, and then doing merch by Amazon. And those two things really helped us to build our emergency fund for like three to six months. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we were able to be like, okay, now let's look at the bigger picture because we've gone from uh, now with my day job, now we have a cushion for our long term. And then now we can decide to do more things. So like paying off debt and um, writing more articles or just dropping the match by Amazon. Because so like right now, we don't even do the match by Amazon. We just focus on the blog and other things that my wife is now interested in. Okay, so it sounds like you went about this much smarter than I did. So I'm glad to hear that you had the emergency fund going and all that good stuff. Great job. That's awesome. And just to, just to clarify, you said the merch by Amazon that you were doing. What kind of merch were you selling? Um, we're just doing t-shirt design. So we upload the design to our account and then Amazon does everything for us. The um, printing, packaging, shipping, customer service returns. Amazon deals with all of that. And then at the end of the month, they send us our royalty, which they pay, I think, in 30 days' time. So that was pretty much what that was involved. Got it. And was that related to the blog or was that separate? That was, it's kind of related to the blog. So let me give an example. Um, on our website, we have an article about first year wedding anniversary gifts. And so we created a t-shirt design um, for Scully for a newlywed couple that are looking to celebrate their first year of anniversary. So that design is on, included in that article on our website. So when people land on that article, they click through, go on Amazon, they buy it. We get um, the royalty from Merch by Amazon. And then we also get um, Amazon affiliate commissions from Amazon again. So that was one way we did it. Um, the other thing also is we create something, we create like funny t-shirts um, for bloggers or for beekeepers, like anything that comes to mind and we put on Amazon. And because I'm good at keyword research, I'm able to list them and be able to make sales on Amazon with, with that. All right, cool. Okay, so on Amazon, you also sell books. Um, and it seems like you have a number of books. Uh, so my question is, how has writing books uh, like contributed to the growth of your audience? So writing books, one thing that I, I would say is uh, it adds some level of credibility to you as a blogger. Um, people look at your book, oh, you've written a book. It's that perceived um, thing that, you know, you're an expert. They perceive that in their heads. Um, and so putting the, our books out, um, people were contacting us about questions about their relationships. And so when they contact us, sometimes um, the questions are so involved. You know, sometimes it could be something simple so we can just reply right away. But sometimes it's like they need more in-depth material. So we will create an article on our website, specifically solving that problem. Or if we've already created an article, then we just send them a link to that article. We'll be like, okay. This is the what you are. This is what we feel will be best. Um, this is what we think will help you best. So we just send them the articles for them to read. And most of the time, that is all they need because they don't um, ask us any more questions because the articles are so detailed and it pertains to what they actually want. Um, the other thing that writing a book does is in each in every book that you write, you have the option to include um, your website. Sometimes in the front matter um, where your author name is, you can put your website there. Um, you also have options to create specific resources that go with the book, and you can use that to get a wide, some of the resources could be things that are on your website. So when people read your book, if they want more resources, they can go to your website and get those resources from your website because you can only put so much stuff in one book. 
So, so you're using this. It, it, it seems like there are multiple benefits. Uh, one yes. is the credibility. Number two is the you know visibility on Amazon, and also the ability to link back to your website. And then you can also have specific resources. And I'm assuming you're 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 looking at these resources as lead magnets to get people onto your email list. Yes, you can you can use it to get um to build an email list. Um, for us, we give them away for free. We don't require we don't use them as a news magnet. Okay. But in the book, we also have the option for readers to join a specific newsletter that we have. We give out on a monthly basis. Okay. And those are like tips to help you improve your relationship. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now with this book writing, um, uh, this book publishing uh, process, and I'm you're, you're self publishing these books, right? Yes. Okay. And. Has I mean, is it something that is profitable or is it more of the credibility and then the exposure to the other stuff in your business and that being the profitable arm of the business? It's profitable because uh, if you put a book out there and you make enough to cover your expenses, you, you're pretty much profitable. Some people do it to just gain um, the popularity or gain more credibility so they can sell some of their coaching or their courses. Um, for us, it's very profitable because you put your books out there and if you do your research really well, people will buy the books because you know these are things that people want to buy. Um, sometimes it's not necessarily something that is already out there, but it's something that you know would improve your life, your relationship, or someone else that you knows, you knows, um, that you know's life. So, for example, um, we last year we were looking for like a journal that we will be able to write in um, to express gratitude to each other. So we thought about it, we looked at Amazon and you can just buy any journal user for that purpose, but we're like, why not create our own journal that we can use for this purpose? So we created one, which is our gratitude journal. And that's what we've been using this year to express gratitude to each other. And it's a weekly journal that you can do it. And it's not bringing in a million dollars, but it's sold enough to cover all the expenses that we put into making the book a reality. Okay, so so you are then looking at book publishing as a, a significant part of your revenue stream as opposed to just like a calling card or a lead, like a, a, a way to get people into the other stuff that you're doing. Yes, yes. Okay, and you mentioned that... Um, you do some keyword research and all that kind of stuff to determine, you know, what people are interested in. So my, my, my first question related to this process is how do you actually find that topic? That's that, that, that thing that you're going to, to, to write about with the understanding that you are trying to do this to make some money. Um, and yes, for the uh, the additional benefits as well, but you want something that will do well on Amazon. How do you get started in selecting the right topic? Okay, so so if you're looking at it just to generate um, revenue, let's say you don't have a blog and you just want to write books and make money that way, um, the first thing you have to do is go into Amazon and then type in whatever book that you're interested in writing about into the search bar. And Amazon will usually give you a list of potential um, keywords. And then out of that list, you can go on Google to see if people are also typing in. And then let's say, for example, um, you want to write a book about, I'm just trying to think, let's say how to become a blogger. Yeah, let's do that one. That sounds okay. interesting to me. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> okay. So if you want to write a book about how to become a blogger, 
the first thing that personally I would do is I'll go to Amazon and then type in the exact thing that I'm looking to write and see if people are, look, are searching for it on Amazon. If people are searching on Amazon, then it means they'll be willing to spend money to buy. Okay, just really quick, before you move on, you said see if people are searching for it on Amazon. I go to Amazon right now and I am typing start a blog. How do I know if people are searching for it? Okay, so when you type in start a blog, the Amazon will auto-populate uh -huh. everything for you. So you will see multiple keywords that will come up. And then if you can see that Amazon giving you auto-suggestions, uh -huh. then it means people are searching for it on Amazon. Okay, so I go there and I put start a blog and I see um, how to start a blog. And I see start a blog and make money. Okay, so when you, when you see how to start a blog on Amazon, it means people are looking for that resource over there. And you can pick that key phrase, how to start a blog, uh -huh. and then put that into your Google, Google Keyword Planner tool or whatever Keyword Planner tool that you use. You can also put it into just the Google search. You can just Google it and then see what resources that come up. Sometimes if you type like how to start a blog book, Google will show you a list of books. And if Google shows you a list of books, then it means people are spending money on that. Got it. Okay. So right, right off the bat, you know people are spending money. So you know it's something that could be profitable. Got it. So I've gone there. I've done my my search for start a blog. I see a few um, out of populated um, suggestions. How to start a blog is one. I go to Google. I'm searching for how to start a blog book, and I'm seeing ten books every aspiring blogger should read. Amazon bestsellers, best blogging and blog blog books, um, and I see a bunch of different things. This is giving me an indication that people are actually searching for this on Amazon. Yes, it, it tells you that people are searching on one on Google, and then two they're also searching on Amazon. Because when when you see those ads on Google, it means people are paying to show them if nobody's buying them, people won't be paying for those ads to be shown. Got it. Yes, because I, yep, I see, um, yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of different resources on starting a blog. And when I scroll down, I see re, um, a number of examples of other books on blogging for money. And I see a bunch of images of different books that exist on the topic. Yes. Awesome. All right. Where do I go from there? Do I just automatically assume, okay, a lot of people are searching for it, so I should write a book on this topic? Or is there anything to do with, you know, there's a lot of competition for this, so it may not be worth writing? So now that you know that that is the broad topic, how to start a blog is something that people are paying for, then now you want to be more specific. So um, when you search for, like, how to start a blog without book, and then let's say you search for how to start a blog to make money, that is something people are searching for. Then you know that is one criteria you can write a book about, how to start a blog to make money. You can also write a book about how to start a blog to build your brand or to, mm -hmm. um, to promote your services. And so those are all different things that you can write a book about. But then based on your interest, you can decide to choose one. And it all depends on what you'd be interested in. So if you want to write a book, about how to make money with a blog. Somebody picking that book up will be expecting certain things versus if somebody wants to use a blog to promote their business. Got it. Now, now I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious really quick, right? Because I'm searching right now on Amazon for how to start a blog 
and make money. I see there are a lot of different books, a lot of review, but like the first one has 109 reviews, 40 reviews, 176 reviews, et cetera, et cetera. I'm also seeing that a lot of these books are available on um, Kindle Unlimited for $0.00 and zero cents. Um, are, are there certain things that I am looking for to say, I'm going to write it about how to start a blog and make money as opposed to how to start a blog and gain an audience? Yes. Um, what you want to look for is when you look, see all these books, you want to open, you want to click on each one of them and go look at something called the Amazon bestsellers rank. Okay. And for that, to find that if you are on the, on a desktop, all you have to do is scroll down to the product details. Uh huh section of that particular book and then closer to the bottom of that section you will see a sentence that says amazon bestsellers rank and then it will tell you there so for example right now i clicked on a book called um the essential habits of six figure bloggers and then when i went down it's written by sally miller and when i went down the amazon bestsellers rank tells me it's one hundred and nine thousand eight hundred and nineteen ranking in a paid kingdom. So that tells me that people are buying this book. If you see anything with a ranking below 100,000, mm-hmm. I'll possibly even say 120,000, it means people are spending money on that. So you can go through all the books that you see in your research and then look. Some of them might even have a ranking of like under 100 or under 1,000. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now that is 94,035 and paid in the... Kindle store, and then I can see the top 100 paid in the Kindle store. Yes. So all of those tell you that the book, people are buying the book. So it means that it's very profitable. So you just pick the one that you feel you can help the readers the most. So if you can help readers make more more money with the blog, then you go with that. If you can help readers to be able to build their audience with a blog, then you go with that angle. I love it. Okay, so now I am seeing... This might be something that's worth writing about. Um, and you know what? Let's say I decide I want, I want to write this book on how to start a blog and make money. I've selected my topic. What process do I go through now in order to write a book and to do that well? So this is where um, if you have an audience, it's really helpful. Um, you can pretty much just ask your readers or your audience, what they would expect to see in a book like that. This is the process that we use. Mm. We'll literally just ask our readers, we are thinking about writing this book and what would you like to see in it? Uh, what topics would you like to have covered? How long will you want it to be? Um, price Pricing, we usually don't ask about pricing. We just want to know what readers will be expecting from a book like that and what promises they will want the book to de- deliver for them. And based on that, you will get a lot of information that you can use then to create your chapter map line before you even start writing. And so once you know what your readers are looking for and what you want to put in there, now you can do more research and then try to find the best resources that you can, that will help you write a really great book that readers will love. Okay. So I reached out to me. Actually, let me ask you this question. What if I, what if I don't have an audience? What do I do then? If you don't have an audience, uh, there are a lot of Facebook groups that you can go in, um, and then ask the moderators of the group whether you can survey the readers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can build relationships with other bloggers who have audiences that you like to reach and ask them whether they allow you to um, survey their readers to get that information. 
There is also another site. I think it's called, um, I've forgotten the name. It's run by Amazon, whereby you can ask people for questions. You can put surveys up and people will fill them up. But have, I, don't, I don't remember the exact um, URL. Okay. But I know there are other places that you can go to get that information. Sometimes you can just Google uh, on go on Google and then just type in whatever you're looking for and then go read articles. And in the articles, read um, the comments. Because the comment section, usually you'll find a lot of ideas that people are looking for in a book like that. So, for example, if you search on Google for how to start a blog to make money, you will come up with a lot of articles. Then you go onto those individual articles and then you read them and then to see what the article entails. And then you go into the comment section and you read and see what people are asking. A lot of people will ask questions that are related to that particular article. And that will give you ideas about the things that you can cover in your book. So going through all of those things will give you an idea. That's why in the beginning I said it should be something that you are really passionate about, you have interest, and you think you can deliver. The main thing is not to write something completely new, but to be able to create something that you already wanted to do and do it in a way that when readers pick it up, it will meet everything that they wanted to meet for them. Um, one thing that we also do is we'll go on Amazon and look for similar books. And then we read the reviews. For me, I, I like to read the five stars, four stars, three stars, and two stars. I tend to not read the one stars, but from five to four stars, I try to read as much as I can and then gather a lot of information from them and see what readers are looking for. So, for example, um, when, when we wrote our book, our gratitude journal, we combined our how to use the book into the getting started or introduction page. And so some readers pick the book up and they don't read that section. And then all they think about is the book is just blank pages. <laughs> but without reading the introduction or the getting started, you don't know how to use the book. So that is one thing that if I was to do redo the book, I'll make sure I'll separate those two things and make them a complete pages for the book. So when a reader picks them up, they are, okay, this is how to use it. They'll read it instead of just skipping the introduction. Got it, got it. So those reviews are very helpful then in, in really telling you what people are looking for because these are the people that uh, they care enough about the topic that they're actually going to go back to Amazon and leave specific details about what they loved about these books and what they didn't love about these books. Yes, and sometimes they'll tell you this book was too technical or sometimes they'll tell you this book was too simple. And so knowing what you want to put out there will give you a better idea. So if you realize all the books out there on Amazon, on Barnes & Nobles or Apple, they are all very technical, then you know there's an opportunity for you to write something that is very simple to meet the readers who are looking for something very simple. I love that. Okay, so you've done that research. Now you know what, um, uh, you have an idea of what topics you want to cover, what your readers are looking for, what promises you want to deliver on, um, and then you write the book. Uh, yes. How is the actual book writing process for you? Is it something that you just absolutely love, you hate doing it? Um, <laughs> uh, how does that go for you? It's, it's very difficult in a sense that you have to sit down and actually write. And um, I would say if you know what you're trying to, for us, because we know what we're trying to do, and sometimes we would have written about the topics on our website, it, it makes the whole process easier for us. So if you don't have any experience with what you're writing, then it will be very difficult. Um, if you have experience, then it's pretty much just pouring down your knowledge 
into the written form and then you just pour your knowledge down. You keep typing and typing until you've covered everything you want to cover. And sometimes you put it away for like a week or two or a month and then you go back again and then do read through it and then try to see if you, you missed something and then you put it in there. And then when you're done with that, you can send it to your beta readers. Like what we do is when we're done writing a book, we have two, three people that give us like a lot of critique. So we send the books to them and then they they read it and tell us, okay, it's missing this, it's missing that, it's missing this, it's missing that. And then sometimes we have one or two people in our, uh, of our readers who like doing, helping us with our books. So we'll just send it to them like, hey, is this something that will meet the needs that you would want if you pick up this book to read? And then they'll read it and tell us, okay, it's missing this, missing that, and we go and make all those changes in there. Um, it depends on how fast you can write and the information you have in your brains or the experience you have with the topic. It can take anywhere from a week to six months, a year or two years. It all depends on the individual. Now, you speak to different people about this book writing process and people have different processes that, that they follow. I mean, do you have a process that you follow in terms of like, maybe first you start with the outline or the chapter headings and, and then you go through and you, you flesh each out or anything of that sort, or is it just kind of on a case by case basis? It's on a case by case basis, but usually we have the outline and then we just write the book based on the outline. So let's say for example, chapter one, maybe we are going to talk about three topics or five topics. We make sure we have the bullet points for each one of those and we know, okay, we need to hit this target for each one of these topics or need to answer these questions for each one of them. So we go into each one and then we make sure we are answering all of those and we go through it chapter by chapter until we have the book done. And then we just do the front matter, which is pretty much the introduction, the copyright, ISBN table of contents. And then we'll do the back matter, which is pretty much um, thanking the reader for reading the book, um, asking them to leave a review for us. I'm telling them a little bit about ourselves, which helps the reader know, okay, these are the people who read the book. And in that section, you can also include links to your website or other resources you have. And then you can also have a page that you include other books you've written in that in the back matter also. And then readers will, and then that will pretty much summarize the writing process for us. And then once we're done with that, then the book goes out to the beta readers. Okay, cool. So we've written the book now. We want to publish it, and we're self-publishing it um, in for this. For the, that, that's what you guys have done. So I'm assuming the people that are listening to this are looking to self-publish. How do we actually get everything ready to self-publish on Amazon? So if you are self-publishing through Amazon, actually, Amazon actually makes it a whole lot easier for you. All you have to do is go into the website and then search for KDP, or even if you go to the bottom of the website. Um, on the web version, if you go to the bottom, way to the bottom, there'll be a section that says make money with us. And when you look at that section, there'll be a section that sell on Amazon, self-publish with us will be one of the options over there. So you click on self-publish with us and that will literally send you to the Kindle Direct Publishing page. And then you can fill in details, create your account. And then once you create accounts, you can just go back onto Amazon or go into Google and just search for KDP tutorials. And Amazon has like, detailed tutorials about how to publish your book, how to upload it, and make sure it's in the right formats, the right files, and then everything you need to do. Like they, they give you a detailed video to do it. Uh, for us, we don't do a lot of the formatting. We outsource that to a company that we use. It's called Archangel Inc. We've been working with them for the past four years, and that is the company that we use. So once the book is done, beta readers approve of the book. We just send it to a formatter, and then they do our cover design. They do the formatting for the various um, readers, e-readers, 
And then once everything is done, we just verify to make sure everything is good. And then we upload the files. Got it. So you don't have to do that whole, you know, formatting it for Kindle and all that stuff. You use, you said Archangel Inc. Is that I-N-K? Yes. Archangel Inc. And they design it. They get it ready. Um, you just focus on getting the content where it needs to be and you pass it on to them to do everything else. Yes. Um, one thing I want to add is if you don't have the money to invest in outsourcing that, you can do everything yourself from the covers to the formatting everything. You can do everything yourself. You just have to go on YouTube and then search for videos. Like all the information is available online. You just have to search for them and you'll find them. All right, cool. Yeah. But if you can't afford it, I'm going to go ahead and recommend use professionals that know what they're yes. doing. That will save you a lot of headache and it'll save you a lot of time. Yes. Um, I forgot one thing. Uh, one, one of the things that major mistakes that we did when we first published was we didn't go through an editor. Ah. And so we got a lot of really bad reviews about books being poorly edited, like no editing. So uh, that's one thing I highly recommend anybody who's trying to self-publish should do. Whenever you're done with your book, make sure it goes to an editor and then make sure it's proofread before you upload it. So you make sure you're putting out the best content that you, you want out there. And I think a lot of people, especially bloggers, um, especially bloggers that have been writing for a while, we assume, oh man, I write all the time. I got this. And, <laughs> yes. you know, you, you, you think that, you know, you have that experience so it'll be easier for you. Yes, it will be easier for you to write, but there are things that you're, you're most likely going to miss unless this is what you do. So I, I definitely also recommend um, going through an editor. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm con not confused. I'm curious <laughs> about, you know, having hard copy books versus Kindle books. How do they compare in terms of profitability, in terms of anything else that's important to us? With the hardcover paperback, it depends on what the book is and how best readers can use it. So for us, uh, with Amazon KDP, you cannot do hard copies right now. So we use a company called Engram Spark. And that is where we upload our hardcover copies in the, um, the formatted versions. What, what's and the name of that company you said? Engram Spark. Engram? Spark. That's E-N-G-R-A-M? No, I-N-G-R-A-M and then Spark, S-P-A-R-K. Okay, so you use them for... Hardcovers. Hardcovers, okay. Yes. And they also give you the options to make a book available to other sellers who will sell it uh, in paperback version or even in um, other e-formats. They have the option, but we prefer to go direct with Amazon. So with paperbacks, if it's just a book that we think um, it's best form, best used in paperback version, we just put it in paperback version. But if it's like, for example, for our journals, for us, we think it's best for the reader to have it in hardcover or at least give them that option. So if they want to pay extra, the hardcover version is available. Usually the hardcover versions of any book is more expensive than a paperback. So when we do our journals, for example, we make them available in hardcover and paperbacks. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And, and what I said, I said hard copies, but I, I, I was more referring to physical versus digital. Oh, okay. Yes, we do. We do both for everything that we do. Other than our journals, we make sure there is the fiscal and the electronic version. Okay. And, and in terms of profitability is, I mean, in my mind, I think from the digital world, hey, you don't have to pay to print the book or anything of that sort. Is it more profitable to do a Kindle book or um, physical 
does it even matter? It all depends on the page counts because that's how um, the companies that do the production pretty much charge everything off of is the cost. Um, so, for example, if you list a book for three ninety nine as a Kindle version, you would probably make anywhere from two fifty to three dollars per unit in royalties. Uh-huh. If you put that same book in a paperback version and you're selling for nine ninety nine, depending on the page count, you'll probably make anywhere from two dollars or one dollars to three dollars for nine ninety nine. So it all depends on the the number of pages of the book. Gotcha. So yeah. based on the number of pages, that will determine the profitability in terms of physical versus digital. Uh, but you guys just do physical and digital for everything. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. All right. So we, we've we sent the stuff to, um, let's say maybe we're doing using Archangel Inc. or some other company, or and we have this other one, Ingram Spark for physical um, for hard copies and so on. Um, and is it just at that point a matter of, you know, adding the details to Amazon and you're ready to sell? Yes. Um, going through the upload process, Amazon will require you to um, put in like the description, some keywords that you want to run for the book and the title. You go through all of that in your KDP accounts. And then once the book is live, it's live. People can buy it right off of Amazon. Amazon will email you to let you know when the book is live. And how long does that process take? It depends on how busy they are. Um, usually on the weekends, it's slow up. I think there might be less people working. When I do weekdays, it goes by, let's say, within 24 to 48 hours, they'll get it up online for you. Okay, so we're not talking about weeks or anything of that sort. It's, it's something that happens relatively quickly. Yes. Awesome. So our book is now on Amazon and it's start, time to start getting it out there. How in the world do you start marketing this book so that you can make some money? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The money aspect, it's, it's a little tricky, but it's very, very doable. Um, so to make money, I want to address two different categories of readers. There's, there'll be one that they don't have any audience, no blog, and there'll be one that has a blog and have an audience. If you have a blog, you have an audience. The first option is to send out an email, let them know your book is available for purchase, and then that is one way you'll get people to buy it. Uh, the other way is you can write articles on your website, or you can even have um, on your menu bar, you have your books, and you can list your books on your menu on one of your pages on your website. If you have articles that you think um, mentioning the book will be relevant in there, you can mention them in there. Um, the other thing you could do is social media. Um, you can also do YouTube videos talking about the book and they just let it be out there. You never know who you're going to reach. Um, if you don't have any audience, nobody to reach out to, you can reach out to bloggers who you think their audience would benefit from reading your book. And you have to do that in a nice way. You don't just have to go there and be like, hey, can you promote my book? It doesn't <laughs> work that way. You have to first build a relationship and let them know your expertise and let them know how the book will really help them. And if they think, it's something I hope the audience still be like, yeah, I'll help you promote your book. I'll just send an email out to my readers and anybody who wants to purchase it will purchase it or they'll add it to their list of resources for their readers. Um, there is also another thing called AMS ads, or Amazon Marketing Services ads. And those are like pretty much just marketing your books with the Amazon ads platform. So Amazon has a subdivision that all they do is they run ads on Amazon. So you can apply for that. Most of the time, if you have a KDB account, you'll be accepted. And then you can create ads for your book. And so that is a little tricky because you have to learn 
how to do their ads. But if you know what you're doing, it could be profitable, especially for, I think for even fiction, like both fiction and fiction, it could be profitable because there are people who do it, they spend a lot of money, but they make their money back. So if you know how to run the ads really well, you can put in $200 for your book and then make $400 out of the month. I mean, you're making a $200 profit. Do you guys run um, AMS ads? Yes, we run AMS ads and it's like really, really good to, it's a good tool to add to your marketing strategy. Like it's very, very essential. Nowadays, um, Amazon is more like a pay to play for a book. So there's a lot of people putting out books. And so if you want your book to be seen, you have to spend money in the ads. And so that is where like having the skill of keyword research, knowing what keywords people would set for, for your book and knowing which ones that will be easier to rank for on Amazon will be very, very helpful. Most of the time it's a bidding process, but if you know the keywords that people are not using, then you can bid really low and still show your books to customers. And people, if they're on, already on Amazon, they are willing to buy versus if they're looking for something on Pinterest or on Google. Yeah, when I, when I go to Amazon and I search for how to start a blog, the first two listings that I see say sponsored. And yes. right above that, I see uh, three going across horizontally, three ads for three books. So it, it, it definitely does appear that having a good knowledge of how to run ads on Amazon could be something that is profitable because you get, I mean, that's prime real estate right there. Yes, it's, it's prime real estate. So if you can get there, like be number one, then that's really good. One thing I've, I have personally observed is if um, the curator trying to run for is in the title or subtitle of the book, it makes it easier for you to get the number one and number two positions for the ads. Got so it. that's one thing you want to think about when you are trying to title your book. You want to make sure it has some keywords that you want to run for with the ads. Perfect. And, yeah. and we kind of spoke up, uh, already about how to leverage this blog now, but how, how specifically, how do you leverage the blog to grow, I mean, the book to grow your blog or your audience? Okay. So for, for us, um, one thing that we do was we always, we have the newsletter that readers can subscribe to. And with that, um, we send a monthly newsletter and sometimes we include articles that are on our blog. So readers, because we have that newsletter, Readers who read our books, they get the monthly email and then, oh, this is something that's relevant. They go into our blog, they read it on our blog. We're also talking about you joining our blog newsletter. So some people will join the newsletter for the book and the newsletter for our blog. Um, the other ways you can include articles. Wait, just, just really quick before you move on. It sounded as if you say um, when someone buys your, blog, um, your book, they're on a newsletter. Are you, is that correct? And is that through Amazon? No, that's, that's not what I meant. Oh, what okay. I meant was in the book, we have a page that's like, if you want to keep up Got to date it. with us, get new releases into your inbox, join our newsletter. On top of that, we will send you a monthly inspirational code that will help you improve your relationship. So every month, Got we it. send that out to our readers. Got it. Yeah. So when they read it, and we, sometimes we include articles that are written on our blog. And so when they click through, they are going into our blog and they are reading articles. And on the blog, sometimes... In one article, you might have several resources or articles that you can read through and then go through. And by the time we spend about 10, 15, 20 minutes on our website, that is one way. The other way is sometimes right in the beginning of your book, let's say under your author name, you can put your website 
link in there. So if the person is reading the digital version, some people will just click right on your website and go straight to your blog to go check out who you are and whether they should buy your book or not. Got it. So yeah. call to action to get on the monthly newsletter uh, and uh, obviously um, linking to your website, linking to your blog at the beginning of the book under the author name. I, yes. I think that covers the whole process. Is there anything we missed? Um, yeah, just one thing. Um, when you put out your book, you're confident about it. You know it's going to solve a problem. Um, some people might not agree with what you're saying in your book, and they'll leave a negative review. Some people leave really nasty reviews. What I'll say is when those reviews come in, just read the ones that you think will be helpful for you and then use that to improve your work or whatever you're doing. Don't dwell on the negative feedback because sometimes it can be really, really hurtful to see that you spend several months writing a book, putting it out there, and somebody will read it and tell you this book is full of crap. And, you know, <laughs> they just leave that nice review and you've read it and you feel really bad and you're like, I don't want to put out the next book. You know, don't let those prevent you from putting out more books. If you have the information out there and you want to help people, just keep on producing and putting the content out there for people because they are going to be thankful for it because you never know who is going to touch. For example, um, I didn't start my online journey because I was looking for stuff um, to do online. I started because I read um, Chris Gallobo's book, $100 Startup, and that one that was the book that put me on this path. And today, I'm very grateful that I read that book because if I had not read that book, there's no way I'll be here today. And here, so, t- here today, what does here today look like for you? Um, because, yes, w- when did you leave your job? May 2017. May 2017. So we're yes. at two years now. What does life look like today as opposed to back when? Um, we're in 2019, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. I left in May 2018. I thought so. I was like, wait, yes. two years already? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, today life is very amazing. Um, I'm home with my kids. We can play when we want to. We get to go out during the weekdays versus going out on the weekends. Um, we're able to put out more content and we're getting more feedback from our readers telling us how our blog and our website and our books are helping them to improve their relationship, which is a big thing for us. Um, my wife has been able to start pursuing a childhood dream of hers, which is writing um, women's fiction. And that is those are just a little bit of things that I'm really happy and glad that um, Reading Chris Gallagher's book has brought us to like today. We know in the future we have a lot of skill sets because running a blog, you learn different things that you can apply to other things. So if I was to go look for a job down the road because I'm, I don't want to blog anymore, I have a lot of skill set and experience that I can use to get a better position or get a better income or salary to negotiate a better salary for myself. So I think that today, blogging, starting from just a small block to help couples to build it into a part-time income and a full-time income and an income where it's very sustainable for us. It's something that I, I feel like I'm really grateful for it. And I feel like anybody can do it. So far as they put in the work, it, that is the key thing. If you don't put in the work, you'll be able to hit these goals that you want to do. Maybe your dream is to travel the world, not just be sitting in one country and just living there. You want to travel and be able to go wherever you want to go to and earn income. Like we can do that right now even though that's not our goal. We can move to Australia or Japan if we want to, and we can, we'll still be able to bring in that income. But it all started because we made a decision to build a blog and build a business with it, and we put in the work 
to get to where we are today. And without the guidance from a lot of people, like the coaching club, we won't be there. So as you are going through the process, try to engage other people. Um, that we think will be beneficial or be able to help you get to your goals faster. Because if I had joined the coaching club when we started, I think we would have hit our goals maybe within a year versus in three years. So those are all things that I think were really helpful. And I absolutely love that. And okay, so you're talking about the coaching club. And obviously, if you're going to mention that, I'm going to milk that junk for all <laughs> it's worth. Um, but what specifically have you gotten out of the coaching club? And that's the Blogger Coaching Club for anyone listening at bloggercoaching.com. How has that helped you specifically on this journey? Uh, it's, it's helped me and my wife to make better decisions in a shorter time frame. So I'll give an, 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 a specific example right now. Um, I think a, couple, a month or like, I think our last coaching call, I asked you a question about coaching mm-hmm. because that was something that I, I thought we could add as a revenue stream to our blog and we could help other couples also with it. And so you gave us a lot of, you answered our question, gave us a lot of things to think about. And so we thought about all those things and based on your experience and the feedback from other members of the group, we were able to come to a decision whereby, okay, we're like, we're not going to do coaching right now, but down the road, if the opportunity arises again, we'll consider it because we know that right now, time-wise, it's not going to help us with everything we are doing right now. And so that alone is something that I feel like it's very valuable that you can't get anywhere else because getting it from somebody like you who is a coach, who is coach a lot of people who are making multiple shifts together, like getting the answer from you was like really, really helpful. Oh, man, I am so glad to hear that. If people want to check out what you guys have going on, where should we send them? Ourpeacefulfamily.com. Ourpeacefulfamily.com. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on here, man. Thank you. You are very much welcome. Man, I hope you got some value from that. If you are thinking about writing a book, man, I, I, I hope you are taking notes. But hey, don't worry. If you were not taking notes, I've got you covered. Just go to becomeablogger.com slash 363. Becomeablogger.com slash 363. Any of the links that he mentioned, any of the, the steps and all that good stuff, it'll all be there. So come on. I, I did the work for you already. You don't have to do it yourself now. <laughs> And of course, if like Marcus, you want to be a part of the coaching club, I would absolutely love to have you. I want to change the world one blog at a time. That's not just something I say. It's something I mean. And if you can be on that journey and have the experience of being able to do this full time and providing value to others all across the world by creating content, inspiring others and changing the world while building an online business, I would absolutely love to help you. Head on over to bloggercoaching.com to check out the Blogger Coaching Club. I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Man, I'm excited. I can't wait for the next one. And I hope you can't too. The Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, 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 three, four.